Welcome to Centerpoint Church Podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. This week in our Glass Half Empty series, we are studying our Father's generosity. He has entrusted us with many things in this life. What is your response to this trust? Good morning. How are you today? (laughs) I'm not buying it. How are you today? That's a little bit better. There'll be a little audience participation on occasion, so uh, don't be afraid to to chime in. Friends, uh, my name is Chris Godfredson, and it's my pleasure to serve Centerpoint Church as a campus pastor here in in Sioux Center. And if you're with us online or Channel 77 today, a special welcome to you. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, I just want you to be uh, comfortable. I want you to uh, feel uh, and understand that you belong here. We we just believe deeply that um, you belong here. Here, God delights in you, God loves you, and God has plans for your life, and we're really glad that you chose to hang out with us today and and to worship and to study God's Word. Uh, Before we do that, I have just one announcement that I'd like to draw to your attention, and uh, this one really applies to parents. Um, All the registrations open on Tuesday. I think Tuesday's August 1st, isn't it? Somebody help me. Yes, thank you. Icha, good job. Uh, uh, all registrations open. So for Centerpoint kids, for Centerpoint students, for Awana, uh, if, if you have children that age, uh, get them registered. Go online uh, to wearecenterpoint.com. Check it out. Um, there's some information about that in the back of our worship guide as well. You will find all of the details that you need there. And here's what I want to say about that. Um, we, we, are just, we, we, we say that we want to make Christ known here. This is what we're about, making Christ known, and, and there's all kinds of ways in which we can do that. Knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves, these are the ways in which we do that. So we believe deeply in discipleship. So being uh, discipled or being the discipler, there's going to be all kinds of opportunities for you come the month of September. There are also, I'll just extend an invitation now, you can come find me whenever you feel like it, but new faith walking modules are going to open, and, and some of you are like, what's faith walking? And we'll talk about that. Come talk to me, I'll be at uh, the Welcome Center afterward, or just come find me any day of the week. I would love to talk to you about that. Now, as we turn to the Word of the Lord, this morning we begin, or we're going to continue in our series that we're calling Glass Half Empty. We believe deeply that the Lord is good, that the Lord is great, and that the Lord is generous to all of God's creation. We believe intimately and deeply that God is most good and great and generous to humanity, to you and to me. Now, the world and and God's great enemy, Satan, would do anything he can to distract you from that, to, to remove that thought from you, to get you to um, turn your feet away from God and to look in another direction. Satan 
wants you to have a scarcity mindset. He wants you to think that God is not good or, or great or generous. And, and as Pastor Jamie explained last week, he was on the screen from Hayward, and, and he, he taught this message, and, and he said that the life with Jesus is one of abundance. The way of Jesus is abundance and flourishing and wholeness. It's not a half full life. It's not half empty. It's not half anything. Life with Jesus and life with God in Christ is abundant, which is why I love the branding uh, for this series. Can we throw that back up on the screen? Now, you may have not seen this picture at all as, as yet. Maybe this is your first look at it. I said there was some audience participation. What do you see when you look at that cup? It's overflowing. Yeah, is it, is it half empty? Do you see it as half empty? This isn't a trick question either. It's not that thing where, what do you see when you look at this picture? Is it one thing or is it another? Is it half empty? Is it overflowing? Is it half full? What, what I see is abundance. I see abundance. There's more than enough water there. And the thing that I really like about it is that the spigot isn't turned off, right? Did you notice how there's more and more and more water being poured into it? There's no lack of water coming into it. It will not stop. And this is how life is with the Lord. The Lord continues to just lavish you and pour into us with more and more and more. It's abundant. And this morning... We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. And what I hope you'll see is, as we turn to Matthew 25, is, is that there is abundance and that God is really good and great and generous to God's people. Now we're going to look at this parable, the, the parable of the talents. And Jesus often taught in parables. He, he used the normal, ordinary things of the day to help people understand what life in the kingdom was supposed to look like, that there is a way that he would have us live our lives. And so as we turn to Matthew chapter 25, I invite you to do that. It's about this far into your Bible. Um, we're, we're going to um, see and look at how God is generous to God's people. So as we do, I'm going to invite the Spirit to help us understand what it is that we're reading. So would you pray with me as we turn to the word of the Lord? Father, would your word be our rule, your spirit our teacher, and the glory of Jesus our single concern? Amen. So we'll, be in, we'll begin at verse 14, excuse me, in Matthew 25. Friends, hear these words from the book that we love. Again... It would be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. 
After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to thank my friend Amy for hosting last Sunday uh, while my wife and I were able late in the week to take a trip to the ends of the earth, which is Dubuque, Iowa, if you were wondering where the ends of the earth are in Iowa. And we, we got to go there and, and hang out with our grandkids for a few days. Just our four-year-old granddaughter, her almost three-year-old sister, Kathy, and me, nobody else to get in the way. Nobody else, so they had to rely on us, and it was fantastic. Their parents went away with some friends. They went up into northern Wisconsin, and they had a great time together, but they did not have near as much fun as we did, because we did all the things that grandparents do. And if you don't believe me, check this out. We had a great time. Here's this picture of, of these two little beauties with their nana. Somebody, come on, say, aw. Thank you. Thank you. Isn't that great? I mean, they are the best thing in the world. And if you know, you know, grandparents are, uh, I mean, grandchildren are God's generosity to humanity. And like I said, if you know, you know. They, they are smiling, they're snuggled in tight to her, and there's this understanding of, of great closeness. And God is super generous in that way. Now, I want you to take a look at this picture. Because this is also God's generosity, but do you see any difference? I mean, they're kind of smiling, and then and they're leaning away, but we took a picture, and they let me hold them, and, and it's not always like that. Not that they're afraid of me or they don't love me, but it's just 
a little bit different. They don't always express their love or, or their appreciation to me in the way in which they do to their Nana. Now, I'm not sure that we are five talent grandparents. I'm not even sure that's a question I want to ask my daughter and son-in-law if you're watching this. I'm not sure I want to ask that, but I'm quite certain that we're not one talent grandparents. And because we have a vision for life in the kingdom, Kathy and I, we have a vision for, for parenting and for grandparenting and how this should actually be. And then having received grace upon grace upon grace in our lives, we are more than willing to give that grace back, to to love our kids, to love our grandkids, and to just give it back to them without even thinking about it. That's how God looks at us. Now, today's text, um, this is the largest of three parables that we find here. There's three parables in Matthew chapter 25, if you notice. Uh, The first is the parable of the ten virgins. And and in this parable, um, it talks about there being an hour when Jesus will come, and nobody knows, so it's important that we pay attention, that we um, are ready when God returns in the person of Jesus Christ. Don't be hanging around, uh, not paying attention. Get about Jesus and his business. So, All of the virgins were invited. Every one of them was invited to be around when Jesus returned. Five of them paid close attention. They were there. They were engaging. um, They had their eyes opened, and they were there to see Jesus when he returned. But the other five, they weren't. They weren't there. They weren't paying attention. They were doing their own thing. And then when the Lord returned, they had to plead with him. And Jesus' response to them was simply this. I do not know you. I do not know you. Those words matter. Pay attention to those, friends. Then the third parable is is the parable um, of the final judgment. And and this parable, similarly, uh, is is about goats and sheep. That's not similar. But the point is, Jesus took some and he he set them to the right. And they had a vision for what life in the kingdom of God looked like. Uh, So he put those people to the right and um, he gave them insight. They understood what it was like to love the sick and the poor. They they, um, fed the hungry. They gave a drink to the thirsty. They visited the person in prison. But those that Jesus um, takes and this person in the parable sets and sets to his left, they have no vision of life in the kingdom. They are lost and the results are similar. Look with me at verse 39. It'll be up on the screen for you. Lord, when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. But those people who were off to the left that Jesus sorted that way, they did not have a vision for the kingdom. They did not clothe those naked people. They did not um, see the stranger and welcome them. They did not go to prison. They had nothing. And they missed out. Similar to the virgins, they missed out. 
In each case, Jesus extends an invitation. He invites them to have a vision for what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God, to live in this way. And some engaged, and and some didn't. And the same is true for us, right? Some engage, and some don't. And as, as, I, as I sit with our text, three questions come to mind. I wonder if you'll think about and, and sit with these questions yourselves. What has God entrusted to you? What are you doing with it? And will you be commended for your love? What has God entrusted to you? What will you do with it? What are you doing with it? And will you be commended for your love? In an earlier parable... In the Gospel of Matthew, um, there's uh, the parable of the, of the workers in the vineyard. Uh, there, we understand that one denarius is uh, the equivalent of, a, of an appropriate wage for one day of work for a day laborer. One denarius. And in this parable, the parable of the talents, we understand that one talent is the equivalent to a lifetime worth of wages. A lifetime. So, here's this guy who has all of the cattle on a thousand hills or, or has all of the silver and gold that a, a person can possibly fathom, and he comes and he says to three of his people, here's my stuff. I'm, I'm giving, I'm handing it to you. I'm entrusting you with a fortune. Can you imagine what would have been going on? And this is an unfathomable I always wonder, why do I write that and try to say that word? You can't fathom the amount of money that they are being entrusted with. And that word matters. He doesn't give it to them, the the master. He entrusts it to them or with them. If he gave it to them, it would be theirs, and then they could do with it whatever it is they want. Instead, he entrusts it to them, and, and what that does is it assigns responsibility for doing something with what it is that they've been given. God has, has entrusted them with all of these talents. Now, it's up to them to do with it, not as they would do if they owned it, but as they would do as Jesus would do, that they would do with the master's resources what the master would do with his resources. Does this make sense to you? Are you tracking? It's not their thing to do with as they would want. This is the master's stuff to do with as the master would do with. I think it's significant because God has done the same thing for us in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, in in having been crucified, died, and buried, and resurrected, and ascended to the right hand of God the Father, uh, left us with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, then, is in us and entrusts, we are entrusted with this Holy Spirit to do the things that Jesus would do if Jesus was living your life and mine. Now, when we think about talents in this text— we often conflate it with money. Now, you, you may have been um, entrusted with a lot of money. I think that's possible. Some of you have been. 
Others of you have been trusted with all kinds of of skills and talents and passions, and these things also matter. Will you do with them what the master would do with them? But more importantly, I think most importantly, church, you've been entrusted with grace. You have been granted grace. You have been entrusted with grace. And what do you do with grace? this grace, with this unmerited favor and kindness of God. So here's the thing. Receiving always precedes responsibility. And grace precedes responsibility, and grace presumes responsibility, that it will follow, that you will be responsible. Look at these three individuals. One was given five talents, another two, and another one. They were all given an insane amount of talents. And I commend to you that each of them responded with what they had been entrusted with according to their understanding of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. One was given five talents and took them and immediately went to work. The two-talent person did the same thing. These were kingdom individuals. They had a good understanding of what, who God was and what God wanted for their life. They had watched and invested and, and done all of the things. And they were given um, great responsibility for handling kingdom resources. And the result is that they would have more um, opportunities, more responsibilities, and more resources. And, and, and then they hear, well done, good and faithful servant, and come, <laughs> come, share in your father's happiness, both of them. One made five times, the other made two times. These aren't the same amounts, but the master said exactly the same thing to them. Well done, <laughs> you did it. The amounts vary, but the responsibility and the obedience to respond does not vary. It was the same for both of them. It's amazing. They took what they they had been given, what they had been entrusted with, and they put it into practice. Now, if you do any investing or any financial planning, you know that there's always risk when you put your money, and whether you've earned it or you've been entrusted with it, there's always a risk. So you have to be wise and diligent, but, and also act in faith, right? Here, let me take your advice, and let me do with it as the master would do, and let's do this wisely. They could have been bound by fear, these two, the five and the two-talent person. But instead, they weren't bound by fear. They acted from faith and trust and love. How do we respond? What do we do with what has been entrusted to us? Friends, we get to maximize God's resources for God's glory. Good news, bad news, sorry, not sorry, right? Um, Your 
comfort is not God's end goal. Remember the lilies of the field? Did he not care much more for you than for they? God God cares for you. God takes great delight in you. And God has assigned you responsibility to handle and to deal with all of the resources that he's entrusted to you. And I want to tie this all the way back to to week one of our series, because these two individuals seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things, (laughs) all of the things were given to them as well, far more than they could have ever asked or imagined or even thought about. This is the abundance of God, far more than they could ever think or ask or imagine. But the one talent person not so much, right? The one talent person operates from a place of scarcity. He did not put it out to go to work. He did not do any of those things. Instead, he went off right away. He dug a hole and he hid it. He, he, he hid what had been entrusted to him. Look at verse 24 and 25. Again, it's on the screen. A little different translation this time. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. I knew you were a harsh man. Do you hear faith, trust, and love here? No? (laughs) Me either. But it's interesting, I think, that God entrusted each of these three people with the same kind of thing. And they all responded, responded, two believed, and they responded as if they knew God. The other responded knowing about God or thinking, (laughs) thinking that he knew something about God. There's, um, those words really matter. I knew you were a harsh man. He thought he knew him. And he he does this. He says, I knew you were, and I think Jesus is like, nope. (laughs) Nice try. We're not doing that. You you don't know me. And subsequently, I don't know you. There's a difference between knowing someone and knowing about someone do you get this? Do you see the nuance? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, are there people that you know and then there's people you know about? A head nod goes a long ways. We know things and we know about things. The great love of God in the person of Jesus Christ helps us when we've received grace upon grace upon grace. We know God because God first loved us. We didn't love him first. God first loves us and and subsequently puts people around us to love us, to care for us, to help us experience God in in, um, fantastic ways that enable us to respond as if we we, um, respond with faith from what we've been entrusted with. But conversely, you can um, 
maybe take a cursory glance of the scriptures and look in the Old Testament, and you can have this mental model of God that says, all God did there and there and there and there and there was smite people and judge them and, and treat them harshly. And maybe things aren't going well for you right now. Maybe, maybe life isn't the way you desired it, could be, should be, would be, and, and you believe that God is just um, mean and vindictive, that God is a God of scarcity. But I want to hold up for you that the five-talent person, the two-talent person, show us that God is a God of abundance. They knew God, and they um, were blessed infinitely. One said, the other, I mean, the one-town guy, he says, I don't see what's in it for me. I don't want to be punished. I don't want to risk. I don't want to lose. And so subsequently, I am just going to go bury this, hide it, and not deal with any ramifications of my misbehavior. And I wonder, like, are you five-talent people? Are you two-talent people? Are you one-talent people? Are you willing to invest for the sake of uh, the vision of the kingdom of God that God has given to us, that we say we're going to make Christ known, and we're, going to, we're knowing Christ, we're uh, growing together, and we're reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. This is our point as, as a church. What has God entrusted to you? What are you doing with it? Will you be commended for your love? Now, you may or may not know, some, if you're visiting for the first time, you have no way of knowing this, but there's a team of us who gather every Monday, a worship planning team, and we work together on these things. Sometimes the words I say from the stage are mine. Sometimes there are bits and pieces from somebody else, but we, we spend a lot of time thinking through this, so we're preaching similar messages. So if you go and watch wearecenterpoint.com slash watch and check out Hayward, and Cy is saying similar things today, Pastor Cy over there. But we were having a conversation about this text this week, and, and some things came up. Like, I think that people are often paralyzed because they look at the talents that you've been entrusted with. I look at Sarah here, so Sarah, and she's singing, and I'm like, I want that talent. Because she sings like an angel, Becky too, but I'm not trying to discriminate. But I want somebody else's talent. And so do, you, so do we, right? I mean, this is often the thing we get paralyzed because we want somebody else's talent. Or, or how come they have so many talents and I just have this one talent? Or we think that the one that I have, the thing that I have, that I've been entrusted with isn't valuable, it's not worth using, and so I'm just going to go and bury it, dig a hole and bury it in the ground. And, and so I asked this question, I'm loosely paraphrasing the, friend, the way in which he asked the question, but it was like this, what do you need to unbury? I'm like, man, I don't like the question. Do you? And I find it really helpful if I stop and ask myself the question. I've been entrusted with a lot. I've been entrusted with an incredible amount of gifts. 
and, 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 and things, and, and that sounds really arrogant to say. You're like, why would that guy say that from the stage? That is, re- but I, I also believe that you, <laughs> every one of you has been entrusted within a ridiculous amount of talents. So there's that. It's not just me. It's all of us. You too have been entrusted with a phenomenal amount of things. What are we going to do with those things? And I think I've been extremely honest with you folks uh, along the way here. It's almost two years that we've been doing this now. Or, uh, we're, since I came on staff here. And, and I, I'm still working on my life. Because I'm not finished. There are, there are still things that I have to deal with. I've been entrusted with all of these things. And some of those things still get in my way. I think they still get into yours. But when we went to Dubuque, we rented a U-Haul trailer uh, to, to take some furniture that we'd been storing over a, a ridiculous amount of time to take to our kids. And uh, I am all about being generous and, and blessing people. I, I, that, I want to do that all the time. And I'm, I'm okay, uh, like, hitching something to the back of my truck and driving, but I do not back up. (laughs) I do not back up. Uh, Scary. Uh, Let's look at this picture. So I pulled into Dickeyville, Wisconsin, and there's these two trucks, and I go, (laughs) now what am I going to do? And there's a pickup parked in front of them, and the guy, the, the old timer, came out and he got his pickup and he went and moved it, and then he stood by the door of the convenience store, watching. He's just watching to see what I was gonna do and how this was gonna go. And you saw I did it. I did that. Nobody else helped me. I think that's amazing, honestly, because I'm not good at backing things up. I could not have done this a decade ago. Because, you know, I, I think we tell ourselves the story that, that God gives us talents and we don't know and we're not willing to do anything with them. And so I tell myself the story that God did not give me patience. So I'm not patient enough to back that up. And you might think, what does this have to do with anything? I want to I connect it. When, when we've been entrusted with things, like a, a desire to be a blessing and to, to bless our kids and to do things, I, I just wouldn't have done that because that would have required me to fail. And failing uh, is my greatest fear. I am not going to fail at all. So I'll, I'll go and I'll dig and I'll hide it in the ground so that uh, I don't have to face the ramifications of having failed. Anybody relate instead understanding why I why I fear failure why I get stuck Um, I wanted to respond like a five talent guy or a two talent guy but I just wouldn't because that fear kept me stuck it kept me stopped and I could not be a blessing I allowed it to get in my way Have you done this? 
whatever, you know, so this is my story, right? Anytime I tell one, I want you to grab your own. What are the things I do or don't do that get in my way? Because if I hadn't done this, if we hadn't done this, I would have spent a whole lot more money uh, paying gas for the trailer that I would borrow that I wasn't willing to, to unhook, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I would have missed out on the blessings of blessing our kid and being able to go in the store and say to the old timers, hey, did you enjoy the show? I mean, there was that. That was fun. Um, but not once did I lose my mind, did I scream, did I hit the dash. It just, it just happened. It was like, okay, God's given you this. Now, now deal with it. What has God entrusted to you? I need to wrap this up. What has God entrusted to you? What are you doing with it? And will you be commended for your love? This is the question. You've been entrusted with a lot, an unbelievable amount of talents. What has God given you? Do you see it? Do you recognize it? What are you doing with it? Will you be commended for love? Let's pray. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, thank you for um, this text. I thank you for the challenge it affords to help us look at ourselves, to look at these, these three individuals, to look at you, oh God. What is our mental model of you, God? Would you help us see that you are a God of abundance? Would you help us understand that there's just more and more and more of you available to us? When we call on you and pray to you, there's more for us. Would you, God, continue to pour into us? Would you continue to entrust us with things so that we have opportunities like the five, the two, and the one talent person to get into action with a vision of what the kingdom of God is and how we can use what you've entrusted to us in it. So God, if my gift is, is mercy and there's somebody who's sick or, or uh, in need of a call or a visit, then God, would you, uh, would I entrust, would I use what you've entrusted to me to be a blessing? If you've given me money that I can't even comprehend, what I use, which you've entrusted with me to me for your kingdom, for your glory and our collective good. God, I'm grateful for all the ways in which you entrust things to us. Would we simply trust you in return? That's my prayer. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship on Sundays at 930.